Hi folks, welcome to Wandering Wellness. Welcome back. Lydia and Finn, as per usual. And today we have a very special, actually we have 30 very special guests and their two owners. Um, <laughs> is that 30? So, uh, that was a wild guess, am I close? <laughs> very close. Yeah. Cool. And these are the beautiful sourdough loaves that are about to be delivered to our shop at the Hopsack tomorrow by Shane and Charlotte from Scale. <laughs> welcome, yeah. dudes. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, <laughs> this is, I, like, I think we were, well, I suppose, kind of hunting you down as part of our podcast series, but I think probably the hunt in terms of me getting to you started quite a long time before that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> we how... We put you off as long as we could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're so patient. It wasn't like... Um, patient, quite a good word. It wasn't like on purpose or anything. We just were really kind of overwhelmed yeah. straight out the, yeah. out the gate. Like, it's just a reflection of the thing you're doing now. But yeah, it was, and how we set ourselves up, and, and like the equipment that we had and just the amount of labour that goes into this type of bread and mm-hmm. pastries they shout at us yeah. it just um, it just takes so much time and yeah and like physical uh, so you, you came in yeah. on like a Saturday in early June I want to say last year something like that and we're like cool we're ready to go we're launching and you did a tasting day and people were like I had to like wipe up the drill. It was a mess. Right? <laughs> and then like next week, like actually, I, I I don't know if we'll be able to deliver. I was like, that is the worst tease I've ever had. One of the best foods we're ever going to get. It was so mean. And it took us like was it four months later? So then we're like finally like okay, we're ready for you. Yeah. Then it's like I stalked them. Yeah. I stalked them. I, I curved on them. I stalked them. They brought out all my worst qualities. Pretty. We <laughs> used to go into the half sack to buy ingredients thing. every yeah. week for like um, the bakery, um, just purely because. In the, the bakery where we were, most of the wholesalers couldn't even get down the little laneway into yeah. the farm to deliver for us, so we were buying a huge amount of stuff from Finn. Yeah. And like it got to the stage where I was like checking if he was in the shop before going in. <laughs> Just so I didn't have to say no to him again. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm really glad that he kept kept that. Okay, yeah. 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 All of us are really glad too, because then we can buy the stuff. Yeah. Really nice. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember where I first heard about you. I mean, like it was obviously from down in the market, because that's where that's is that where you set up first. That's where yeah. your first pitch was, isn't it? We, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it we was. wiggled our way into the. Dublin Fee. Dublin Fee market. Yeah, we. That was tough. You've no context there at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but the thing is, they were they were a little reluctant to to allow another food stall in. Really? So yeah, just like yeah. Ashley nearly said no to this. Uh, nearly, yeah. Really? So we, we started start. with a brick and brack stall. Oh. Selling <laughs> with like bread hidden inside a suitcase. Like, yes, just like literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had like a suitcase <laughs> full of cutlery, and beside that was like <laughs> the first week, the first month that we did it was a few pots of jam. A few, it was and jam and curd, curd and peanut butter and and bread and pastries. Different nut butters. Like very small amount. <laughs> I know, and then, amazing. and then we, yeah. And then the next month it was like we applied for bread and pastries. <laughs> That's amazing. And we just sort of. Morphed into this. You're like yeah. the superbacks of pain in the hole. Let's get it done. <laughs> but that was the other thing. We were trying to uh, sell it for Charlotte's dad. Yeah. Okay. So we were planning to like put a bakery in the back of Charlotte's parents' house where okay. they had this big store full of antiques and stuff. Oh right. And so like we're still we were trying, trying to whittle away at the antiques. Yeah, we were trying to show my dad like you know just a few so things every month. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what a weird synthesis for a business. Like you're like yeah. subversively like stealth marketing your bread. Yeah. <laughs> showing your dad how to like keep a tidier house. But like yeah, <laughs> just 
try and like get that space so we could yeah, set up a bigger workshop okay, and yeah. produce more stuff for the likes of for you basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, okay. and, <laughs> and like other wholesale accounts yeah. and okay. just, just to have enough space because as you can see here like that's just 20 lows but I have another 45 50 on the rack there and without the space you can't really produce yeah, quality yeah. quantity yes yeah um, consistency is a big thing yeah for us it is yeah, yeah. Um, um, so Tell us a little bit. So, I, like, I know your early days, you guys met in the phone booth, correct? Am I right in saying that? Or did you know? No, 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 no you met at the time. Yeah, sorry, you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise I knew that. It's kind of refreshing, actually, because everybody literally knows their <laughs> like story. Like everyone knows that, that we do so. tell everyone oh, really? at the same oh, really? time. In fairness, yeah. Tell them in a different way. Maybe reverse your roles. I don't know. I was the only one. <laughs> we we kind of both went back to college. I was doing a course I hated. Shane had done a few different courses, and we decided separately because we didn't know each other, but to go back and do culinary arts. Okay. Yeah. For different reasons, like you kind of always had a drive to to bake. I wanted to work in a job I was passionate about that I was able to use my hands on a daily basis, like in every aspect of the job. But not laying bricks. But not laying bricks, exactly mm. like I'd, I'd grown up in a construction environment. All my uncles and my dad, they're all construction background. Mm. And I just found myself not loving that life and gravitating towards the kitchen more and more, mm -hmm. either in my aunt's house or my grandmother's house or at home. Um, I really started to get into food when I was making lunches for the family. Oh. Before before we'd head to school, I'd have all the bread lined up and I'd go across with my knife and butter them all in one go and then back Seriously? the other way. And then, That's impressive. Then, like, make lunch for my five siblings. And, uh, <laughs> Did you use a palette knife for doing that? Exactly, yeah. Like, before I even kind of realised that that was an efficient way to do it, I was doing it that way. Right. But, like, it was, it was just a natural thing for me to get up and do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of had that upbringing where... I was surrounded by lots of people and lots of food mm. and so the kitchen was always the most exciting place to hang out mm. um, and I learned a lot from my grandparents on both sides I suppose um, but mainly my grandmother would have baked a huge amount of bread every day she has she had like around 17 kids Whoa. so like granny scale was busy <laughs> granny done yeah granny done, done sorry <laughs> <laughs> she um, she like their family had a huge carrot farm down in Leash, the Duns, so they also Carrots for children, that's what Yeah, like, they, they needed lots of workers, and I guess they were just, like, wow, happy yeah. and eating all around them, so... That's amazing. Is that on your dad's or your mum's side? Mum's side. Okay. Mum's yeah. side, yeah. And um, so I would have spent all my, kind of, after-school evenings there, okay. sitting next to Granny, making pots of stew and bread and dumplings and everything. Right. And were you the singular most interested kid in food uh, like of your siblings um well it was kind of we myself and my brother were in competition oh quietly like we weren't, we weren't like oh he was just really good at making tarts and i was just really good at making like dinners okay so perfect <laughs> it was kind of rivalry. it kind of worked out really well yeah we does he make tarts still yeah, he does, yeah. Oh, good. And bread and... Oh, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> He's into making food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. taken a step back ever since, like, like whenever we go down home, 
I kind of tend to gravitate towards the kitchen. Oh, and no. like, they're like, they're like, in the chain. Get through yeah. yeah, yeah, over the course. And it's kind of yeah. like part of it. You're like, no, everyone else cook. It's like if you ever get invited to, to dinner with like a hardcore chef or food, you're yeah. kind of like, what, and they say yeah. to bring a dish and you're like Jesus Christ what do I do like it's, it's actually like yeah. paralysing it got to that stage like, and that's kind of the reason we've gravitated away from being chefs us now yeah, yeah. Like, slightly yeah couldn't relax okay yeah Even you're always <laughs> the one doing the cooking yeah, yeah. And, and it's mainly around holidays where you're supposed to re- be relaxing yeah. so. I suppose it's one of the reasons we became bakers but not the no not the main reason <laughs> not, not the main, main reason, reason. <laughs> I, I've noticed that ever since that we get asked to cook less and less so it's nice Oh, that's good. So we yeah. just bring a heap of bread and that feeds everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, butter bread, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So you guys met on your first day. Yes. Okay. We're getting sidetracked. We. Sidetracked is pretty. She's good to run Good. In in our course, they kind of stuck to like a very traditional way of setting the class out. Um, on the first day, they did us all in the alphabet, and Shane was beside me. Hmm. Um, and they were teaching us how to do like. This is in cooking class, like cooking a class. practical class. Yeah, so they're telling us how to like chop wow. an onion and yeah, yeah, yeah. prepare like um, basic. a mirepoix for like a soup yeah. or a stock. And Shane was chatting away, like trying to get to know everyone. Telling um, Charlotte that whole story about the carrots and growing um, up in my granny's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, while chopping a carrot. While chopping <laughs> a carrot and cut his finger. Uh, um, while cutting the carrot, I, I just was like, nicked this. it a little bit. Like it wasn't fake. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely gas. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> day one, damn it, yeah. But every other class we were put beside one another. We, you know, just became really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, and then one of our lecturers, um, Morcine, um, came up to us in a kitchen class one day and said, "There's two jobs going in a, in a kitchen in the city centre." They're looking for someone to join the hot food and someone to join pastry and like put your names forward. So nice. um, we also started working in our first kitchen together. Yeah, and um, I was like and baptismal of fire. What was your first kitchen? Rustic Stone. Rustic Stone. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. On George Street. So we yeah. had yeah. no experience and we were straight into that like environment of 200 plus covers a night. Whoa. And you were just, you were going in working part-time hours during college week. Yeah. And at the weekends, and it probably came to about 40 hours a week. Yeah. Plus. Hardcore. Just like with the build up to the weekend, Friday, Saturdays. Yeah. It's kind of what you have to do though in kitchens. You, like yeah. there's, there's so much about repetition and process. Yeah. That bit has to just get done. Is there any, there's no way to fudge that, is there? I don't really? think so. We learned a huge amount. Yeah. Like yeah. And instantly, you know. Um, I was really lucky. I had a great pastry chef above me. Oh, really? Um, two great pastry chefs actually, and they taught me a lot. Nice. Yeah. Did you know? Did you choose? Um, did you? Was it just chance that you went to the savoury and you went to the sweet, or did you know that you wanted to go sweet? I think, like, I think I always wanted to lean towards being a pastry uh, chef. Okay. Yeah, I always baked as a kid. We um, even even through like primary school and secondary school, I was always making. Uh, crumbles and tarts and brownies and cookies and just constantly baking. I never thought I would be a pastry chef. I never thought I was going to go into culinary arts. So I was like on my CEO. I had done like physiotherapy. I was like, oh right. Really? Do you know like? And but is that the thing you did a year of physio and then you went no, back? No, no. My leaving cert did not go how I planned. Oh, I think I think I got like number nine on my my. Oh, wow. my <laughs> oh, wow. On my list. Um, so I did a year of science. Oh, my God. 
Um, science, okay. Yeah. Number nine was science. You obviously didn't do that badly. Uh, I don't know. I just had No, you're grand. My number three was, a, was an AQA, and that's what I went to get. I had like, ridiculous <laughs> expectations of how I was going to do. Um, so completely like flipped. And okay. like long conversations with family, I was like, what should I do? What should I reapply for? Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of was like, well, you've always loved to cook. You've always loved to bake. Yeah. Why don't you think about um, culinary arts? Wow. So okay, just, yeah. so that's where you ended up. So yeah. then, so Rustic's both of you are working kind of together, kind of separately, but like that kitchen, you're not getting a chance to chat mid-service. Oh, we were right beside each other well, in terms of service. sections. Oh, like, I was, handsy. I started, well, <laughs> we were like sharing mise-en-place and, and snacks and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. I'd give Charlotte, like I was on the side section, mm-hmm. so I was doing lots of salads, lots of kind of snacky bits, mm-hmm. and it was, it was tasty stuff. And, and I so give you the trim I'd of swap. like one of the like yeah, if I was making a tart and like, like a squeeze of ice cream <laughs> or um, nice. foam or something on top, you know, there's lots of foams and stuff in there. Cool. And uh, it was just like a really steep learning curve yeah. Yeah. in terms of but work environment. Yeah. You know, we were spending a huge amount of time together, yeah. Yeah. like working 40 hours in the same kitchen, going to college full time. We became um, really close. Like, yeah. Really yeah. Quickly. I think it was just inevitable. Okay. What time, at what point then did you guys get together? I'm, like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I'm still old asking this, and I get really kind of. Um, <laughs> a bit like Oprah, but it's kind of true. Um, was like four or five months into second year of okay. our yeah. degree. Yeah. Two yeah. Four years. Yeah. But I, I kind of, I kind of knew, um, like, in our one of our first. Um, pastry classes where Charlotte <laughs> got me to taste her custard. Go on, was that it? You remember no, the moment? It, yeah. That's brilliant! Oh, I love wow. it! Oh, it's so sweet. Oh, That's amazing. But like, it took me a while to build up the courage. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, can do. Yeah. Good stuff. So then you guys went through um, culinary arts. Yep. And you came out the back of that and you kind of, did you go You kind of, Did you go your separate ways in terms of where you went to Slightly or A little bit. Yeah. I think one of the main turning points for me and I think for Shane as well was in third year in culinary arts they have this great program um, where you do an internship every summer and in the third year they kind of push you to go outside of Ireland to gain more experience Mm -hmm. so I went um, to London to this amazing restaurant called Petersham Nurseries Mm -hmm. Um, and they have a walled garden and the restaurant at the time had a Michelin star and um, the dining room is in a glass house and the floor, Stop. The floor is dirt and the, the waiting staff wear wellies. And oh my God. <laughs> it was just like, I heard about it and I was like, this place doesn't sound real, I have to go. Yeah, um, super seasonal menu. And yeah, very seasonal. This whole, they serve all year round? Yep, yeah, this, and this concept of cooking that I hadn't experienced at Dumbo, where in Dublin where you could possibly have a different menu day to day, mm. week to week. Mm. You know, they'd get a phone call from a supplier and they'd be like, we have really great peaches from Italy. Do you you want them? They're fantastic. Or um, there'd be courgettes in the garden. That would be like just out of control. The courgette glove is going to be a yearly challenge for us. Yeah, it is for for us at the moment. (laughs) You can't believe it. You need two plants to have a courgette (laughs) glove. That's all we have. That's all we have and it's like out of control. Um, (laughs) Plums is the other one, right? Yeah. We'll take as many plums as you have. Yeah. We'll be fighting with plums. <laughs> we, but that's something we should plant actually. Yeah, I ended up going to River Cottage while Charlotte was there in London. Yeah. So we were, in terms of separation, we were like opposite sides of the same country. Yeah. Um, but we got to see each other most. Yeah. Most weeks, like every other kind of weekend, and um, it wasn't that far on the train. Yeah. 
So you're 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 staging them, right? So you're yeah. like they're, they're short stints, or are they? Um, it was three months. Three months. Three months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was working on the pastry section. Yeah. And kind of experiencing this whole kind of like not farm to fork menu, but mm. it was just very thought out, very interchangeable. And you were kind of doing something similar in a different part of the country yeah. on on an incredible farm. Yeah. And we came back to Dublin, and I kind of felt a little like lost not lost just like why why is this so hard the to find yeah like why is doing the caterway palace blah 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 yeah thing. like what, like you actually unfortunately it's the subject you're in place a lot yeah and like that's the choices you're left with unfortunately mm. but it only takes a couple of you know like many people to get together and kind of try to change that status yeah um, but like it was so the food quality was so good because everything was so fresh you know, I, I saw things in River Cottage coming in that were picked that morning, they were washed, they were put on the plate that evening and they were going out to the customer barely, you don't have to do anything to it, like yeah. a bit of salt, yeah. any of the veg were just being warmed up gently, like they, they were so fresh they were cooking so fast and yeah. um, it was just like delicious, you didn't need yeah. to do anything to it. Like, Can you can you remember like the favourite thing that you put out of that kitchen, that you produced in that kitchen, what was it? Oh, I have loads of great memories of like... Oh, that was the best day ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't really pick one. Thing. There was like this side of beef. It was like eighty kilos, and the at the time Steve Lamb was there, and the head chef Gelf was like saving it for this special thing that he wanted to do, okay. and Uh-oh. and like I think um, um, I think uh, like Steve. Lamb just kind of saw how enthusiastic I was about it. Okay. He's like, "Come on, grab that, grab that side of beef, and uh, we'll break it down into the individual cuts, and we'll have a taste of it." And so I got like really excited. <laughs> Ran out to the. They had like this trailer fridge where it was hanging, yeah. and grabbed it, put it up on my shoulder, and ran in with it. And he's like, "What are you doing, you mad lad? Get someone to help you with that." And I just like flipped it down onto the chopping board, and we just started breaking it down there and then wow. into the individual cuts. And I'd never seen any other restaurant doing that before. Yeah. And I'd worked in like Thornton's for a month and, and other mm. places like yeah. Um, but nobody with that kind of uh, quality yeah. of of food. But um, and it's, it's not necessarily that they're producing something with higher ideals, like from a culinary point of view. It's the, you're, I, not I from like a. Like a gastronomic yeah, point yeah, of view, yeah. but like definitely from a this is food mm-hmm. point of view, yeah. point of view, like for for other people, yeah, 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 yeah. and produced by people, um, kind of making it accessible to everyone, and almost yeah, like it was quite expensive there, and that's what they needed to sustain that. But yeah. I think the main thing they get back with was that it wasn't just a restaurant; it was like a function in cook school as well. Yeah. And so they would put on all these courses, and that's the first time I ever participated in like a, a, a sourdough workshop. Oh right! And oh, they had ooh. they had like other workshops as well. I and like part of my work experience there was that I could attend anyone I wanted to. Oh my god! And just be like that person's helper for the day, but also help teach as well. And okay, right. like that kind of started it off for me, where I got to see bread being made on a daily basis. As okay. Well. Okay. Okay. And like they had their own sour culture, they kept it alive, and it was kind of like a nice kind of um, dipping my toe into it. And <laughs> yeah. kind of, it just inspired me then to, to kind of like 
follow what I was truly passionate about. Okay. Like I remember on, on our first couple of weeks in Rustic Stone, the head chef brought us down to meet Dylan and yeah. he was like, one of the first questions was like, well, where, you, where do you see yourself going with this? Like, yeah. And um, at the time I was, I was like enjoying working there and I said, I'm, I'm really enjoying being a chef for now, but like I want to be a baker. That's, that's where I see myself going. Okay, so you saw that really early on. Really early on. And then he was like, great, yeah. We used to make all of our own bread, but it's no longer possible and feasible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know this great guy, Rossa, he, he makes loads of bread. We should put uh, you in touch. Yeah, yeah, because Rossa supplied them. He, he yeah. developed their first kind of bun thing. Didn't yeah, yeah, for, their, for their burgers. Yeah. That was like one of my first jobs on my first day. Is like Cut cutting the burgers and toasting them for the burgers. Oh, for, right. for, for the section. Yes. And uh, I was like, geez, you could save yourself a whole heap of money if you just got a toaster. Because <laughs> I, I was burning so many buns. Like, I was like, oh, oh geez, I've become a chef, burn, burn toast. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. First day mistakes. So, yeah. Charlotte, what, like, in terms of what you experienced uh, in the garden, what's it called? What did you? Uh, I was wondering what he was looking to run away and do. Something urgent, obviously. Um, so, uh, what particular things did you take from there? Was there any really like key thing that you produced? You like got, really got you all fizzing about it, or was there? It was just the simplicity of it. Yeah, like okay. one of the desserts that I remember the most and loved the most was like um, just simple panna cotta with blueberries macerated in. Um, a very simple syrup um, and a viola on top and I was like oh, that's so pretty it's so simple yeah. and I was just like yeah, um, so yeah just nice. so simple another dessert was alpine strawberries with balsamic vinegar and yeah, it was yeah. just put in a bowl um, and, and served to the customer and I, like yeah. anything I'd experienced back here just not that it was overly complicated, it was just a lot of different processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't just elevating the ingredients, it yeah. was kind of like, kind of fudging by, by putting lots of different yeah. things over Yeah, the so it was, it was more like pairing it back, yeah. kind of using the highest quality ingredients um, that you could. Um, Sorry, yeah, I was, I was definitely getting concerned because it's so much shame. And I was like about to drop one of our loaves onto my lap. I was like, I'll just keep my hands here. You should have let it go for like the camera. Just to see how it would go. Yeah, he's like he was going to stretch too. If I want to get my nice flowery trousers. Thank you, Shane. That happens. <laughs> you did promise. Slack is a great promise. Yes, it is. Um, it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> if, if the sourdough and, and the gluten structure has developed properly, like through the mix and Shane giving it its folds, yeah. and if it ever does slide off the table, it should in theory be able to like to hold, it, hold, hold, it, yeah. hold itself and touch the floor. That's, oh, and that's, really? the, that's the kind of a test. Like, yeah, like it should. Uh, not a test. It's, it's not, not something we do it. every day, yeah. but like. <laughs> in theory. In theory, it should. Does, yeah. Yeah. It's impressive, isn't it? Like, it really is impressive. It's like it's like spider's web. Like when you get into it, like the strength within it, and the fact that you can kind of break it and reattach it, and it seems to like. Up until a certain point, yeah. yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to overstretch it and snap it because it is, it is more difficult for it to reform the bonds. But okay. Um, yeah, like certain things do affect it, and certain ways of mixing can elongate those strands as well. Okay, so, so there's loads to it, and gluten is like like you said, it's an amazing um, protein. Yeah, it's two different proteins in in flour in like wheat flour. Okay, and yeah. So so when you're saying particular things to mix it, sorry, this is a total sidetrack, but it's interesting. 
Um, so tricks to mixing it that allow it to to stay kind of integrated or allow it to, allow it to stay taller. Allow it to form stronger yeah. bonds. Basically, yeah. it's like if you look at it under a microscope, it does interlock like that. Okay. It's like it's hugging it each other. Yeah. And they form really strong bonds. If you have an adequate amount of water that allows the, the flower to be fully hydrated, mm -hmm. um, if you allow the enzymes present in the flower to go to work and start to digest yeah. those proteins, yeah. they form stronger and longer bonds. Okay. Um, through a process known as autolysis. Yes. And so that's that's kind of accelerated by holding back the salt for the first twenty to forty minutes. Holding back though, sorry? The salt. Okay, okay, right. So okay. you mix the so salt slows it down. Relax. Okay. It slows the absorption of water into the flower. Yes, of course. It slows down right. that process. That's amazing, okay. And do you, you want longer and stronger bones because it makes the bread what? It makes it more open textured, more bubbly, more kind of um, in terms of gluten, it makes it more extensible, so more stretchy. Mm. It doesn't resist that stretch so much, but it's still quite stretchy, like you can, yeah. you can stretch it quite a bit. And what's amazing is like, these loaves still know that they're loaves. They don't look like loaves anymore, but they all know that they're like where they belong yeah. in terms of individual bits. Yeah. That's amazing. It looks like a honeycomb. It does, yeah. and it's beautiful actually. It's gorgeous. The structure is really lovely. Um, that's yeah. their rest period between shaping and mm. like scaling. Yes. Okay. So it's. They get a light pre-shape into round balls and then they bench rest, sit on the bench and rest okay. um, for about 40 minutes, 30, 30, 40 minutes. Right. Well, I shouldn't be letting them rest that long. No, though. I know we should be letting you go. Sorry. Um, so, so uh, sorry, can I, um, yeah. I was talking to Katie, Katie Stanton, yeah. um, who we interviewed recently, and we were talking about sourdough and how sometimes when you see sourdough, it has like the big open holes in it, and sometimes mm. it doesn't. And she was saying it's kind of like um, it's like a trademark, a I guess. like a style thing yeah. um, for the makers. Par partially stylistic and partially that's like a well-made piece of bread, um, but it depends on your ideals as well, I suppose, and what you want your bread to be like. But because you get these dense Germanic sourdoughs, yeah. which have yeah. no very different. And that's yeah, that's that's breaks. kind of like an uh, kind of indicator that the hydration is quite low. Okay. Because that's that kind of dough is a little bit easier to work with. Okay. Uh, so in terms of skill level of, of like bakers and stuff, okay. it, it allows you to be faster and it allows you to just, you don't need to train your You just threw bakers. shade on like all those bakers who do like the, like, the small holes or the no holes. That was good. That's like a style <laughs> of bread as well. Really <laughs> but it could be, the, it could be the, the quantity of whole grain in your bread. Okay. Because the physical properties of whole grain will actually tear the gluten and stop them from forming those bonds, which allow it to have those big bubbles. Gotcha. Okay. So essentially, like I recently read this um, real sciencey bread book and essentially inside your loaf of bread there might be a cell structure where you have all those big pockets mm -hmm. but when you're baking the bread it's all one whole just with that cell structure okay. so when it's expanding inside the oven it, it this, this the crust forms this like outer shell and that's everything inside just kind of expands into that space okay, and sense. they all during the baking process they all burst and become one big hole so there's there's not loads of little holes there's actually one big hole inside the bread that's like there's some atomic yeah. quantum version of it's bread that's really it's really like beautiful when you look at it and you slice it open and you fold the bread it's just like visually very beautiful because it's, it's like a, you know the Warshank test it's like yeah. loads so, of it's it's you know, what like this those, mean to yeah, you? you know, like oh, that thing. Oh, yeah, so like here's yeah. a bat or whatever. Yeah. But it's like yeah, and it's just okay. like 
you have this beautiful mirror That's image of all the holes to, and people love that it's very like Instagrammable it's yes like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it is a good indicator of, of like everything how mm-hmm. you shaped your bread how you fermented it the amount of like water inside your dough mm-hmm. um, it's a good indicator of, of like the baking process as okay. well yeah, yeah. Um, you can see a lot just by cutting it open and looking at it is it not yeah. also story. what you baked it in how you baked it yeah it's it's if you steamed it adequately or not. Okay, yeah. If you, um, you know, if your oven was hot enough or not. Okay, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it stayed hot enough during the first section of the bake. Yeah. Cool. Loads, loads of things. It's like, it's the book. You open up the book and you read, yeah. you read the bread. Wow, yeah, cool. Yeah. Ooh, I'd love to get you like, I'd love to give you like 10 different breads and just <laughs> yeah. see like, who's is this? Trademark bake. Yeah, and then you can see like if it's overproofed, overfermented. Yeah. yeah. And if there's a pocket or if it, if it's like underproofed as well, you can mm-hmm. see that. Um, so like things you want to really look out for are if it's waxy or shiny. Mm-hmm. So if oh, it's shiny, sense. yeah. So if it's if it's glistening, kind of similar to sushi rice, yeah, where yeah, you have yeah, that yeah. gelatinous, lovely shininess to it. Mm-hmm. That's an indicator that it's been hydrated properly. And okay. what happens when you hydrate a dough properly is that it can bake properly inside the oven, mm. and all those starches they gelatinize fully and and your body can then break that down really easily yeah this is one of the really interesting parts because digestibility obviously we have a health food store and albeit we're like quite indulgent when it comes to like food ish i mean relative to standard maybe not we live inside a bubble when it comes to that but it's a big factor when people are buying bread how digestible it is and genuinely we have like a lot of people was it you referencing your well you 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 don't really process gluten that well your your son doesn't process gluten that well but this sort of bread is something you can actually tolerate. And not yeah. just tolerate, it's like the best bread in the world. Yeah, it's like no, a you can whammy. enjoy it. And so yeah. it means that like if you're giving yourself, if you're someone like me who can't eat a lot of gluten, yeah. you kind of save up your gluten. It's like a treat, so you save it up for the <laughs> special occasions. <laughs> and then like when you get to eat something like this, it's mm. like a double whammy of goodness because yeah. it's your special treat that's like ridiculously delicious, but you're also not crippled yeah. eating it afterwards. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's an indication of all those stuff that you're saying. That yeah, and it's partially due to the fermentation as well. So inside your sourdough culture, you have a balance of yeast and bacteria. And so the bacteria are producing all these byproducts that break down the gluten so much so that you can digest it a lot easier mm. as well. Um, so there's all that to play too. And then the kind of proportion of whole grain in there is really good food, like a prebiotic for your gut bacteria as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's loads to it. What is your percentage, whole grain versus... Um, for my country dough, yeah. um, so about 20% whole grain flour. Okay, okay, okay. And it's a mix of rye and, and whole wheat. Yeah, 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 okay. And so... And is rye there just for that slight bitterness? or Slight, is there other slight yeah. sourness yeah. and there's a, um, a more mealiness to the rye that we're using at the minute, so it's okay. a textural thing as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where, um, have you, I, I think in fact you have, you experimented with some interesting flowers as well. I remember I got a flower from Loads you. Loads of the, different. Um, in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. I was going a bit mad like There's some insane ones. What yeah. was the one that that guy brought over that he'd like come from like a, a wheat, that had, an ancient wheat, but it was like from the... Oh, Finn. Finn and Keenan. He's grown like a whole heap of varieties of, of ancient grains. And yeah. he's collected, I think, over 180 different varieties. Um, maybe not so much, but uh, all these seeds that were in seed banks throughout um, throughout the world, like, mm-hmm. and he he went around and collected them, and is slowly trying to build up the numbers in in such a way that he can test the grain, save some grain mm-hmm. for the following years, mm-hmm. um, planting, sowing, 
and then eventually build it up to a point where you can start selling it commercially as flour or as grain. Um, that's, a, that's a serious dedication. Serious, serious um, project. Like, so he, he's based outside of Copenhagen, but his brother Turlock is based in Ireland in, oh. in Monaghan. Monaghan, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, they have a family plot, they have a family farm, and that's small where enough he's testing the ability for it to grow in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. In Irish, wow. Cli- in so Irish climate. And, and this is, it, is it a wheat hybrid he's looking at? He's, or is he he's, yeah. he's, he's sort of, um, he's pulled kind of four main ones that work really well in Ireland. And okay. through his research, he's discovered that these were actually, two of them were actually the first kind of commercially viable wheats grown here in Ireland before. Really? Yeah, like ages ago, before all the kind of modern wheats came in. Okay. No um, that were kind of more akin to animal fodder. Okay. So we were no growing right. good wheat here with successful quantities. With decent levels of gluten yeah, and that sort of stuff? Yeah. What sort of percentage of gluten are is so he? So he's actually finding that the gluten is really high. The yields are slightly lower. Okay. Um, so the, the gluten is actually quite high. It's, it's up there with like a strong white flour. Really? So like That's amazing. potentially you could make 100% of, of his Ulan's wheat, which is one yeah. one that he's really focusing on. That was the one I tasted. And last then he year. has red setin. Yeah. Um, he's got a purple purple barley or purple wheat as well. Okay. Wow. And then there's another one that's um, kind of jumped out of my head, but yeah, he's he's really amazing. like passionate guy, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a kind of the Willy Wonka of the bread <laughs> the, the flour world. Yeah. He's he's like a mad um, kind of inventor. He's invented all these different processes and machines to do all these different things so he's applying different milling techniques to each individual grain and all that sort of stuff so he's um he's kind of on to the right track and everybody's like like really all the 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 baker communities like egging them on i'm sure and really supporting and getting behind them that's super exciting it's like another whole world you can dive into that just like you where you you, did you both stash in tartina were you just there or who was there i yeah i did two days in um the pastry side. Okay. But, um, they, they're, they're Shane, like Shane did the bread team for two days. Yeah. Oh right. Because yeah. they talk about like makers as opposed to chefs, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of those things that happens around the time to get there. It's on stage. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that that must have been an education as well, a little bit like what we're talking about, where you know what you're. This isn't the starting product, and for you, it's like there's a thought about where the grain is coming from. Mm-hmm. Yes. That origin is really where the baking begins, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and we eventually want to get there where it's we're only using that flour. Amazing. Yeah. Um and really telling that story like that's the most important story yeah for us anyway it's it's yeah. like um it's not only just a flavorful thing though it's it's like it's so local mm. yeah you know like where we're getting our flour from now is kind of shameful to say that some of the grains coming from canada and some mm. are, like there's huge miles on it shameful yeah. to say i'm involved in that process <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's what the mm. system has led to yeah. at the minute yeah. And people like Finton are trying to make change yeah. for all the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, once he like gets fully up and running in Ireland, we mm. should be like on track. It seems like everyone that we've been interviewing around food in Ireland recently, it's all about it's all coming back to connection to the land, isn't mm. it? And it's so nice to see that movement that people are really coming back to going. Mm. They're still creating really exciting food. It's not that the food's got really worthy and kind mm. of boring. Yeah, it's still really really high level exciting food but they're all going okay we need it to be seasonal we need it to be local we want it to be ethically produced we want to think about sustainability we want to think about mm-hmm. our land like this is yeah. Ireland 
what are we producing here that reflects our story, like what's yeah, coming from absolutely. us, what's in us as people and what's coming from our land, mm-hmm. and what are we putting on the table that works for our bodies, yeah. because it's, it's local, it's native to yeah. us. And there's this crazy quantum science guy I was reading recently who talks about uh, when you, like, the, whatever latitude you grow from yeah. that, there's like a vibrational, like you can measure the frequency that, that the, um, what you call it, the, not the cytoplasm, the mitochondria are vibrating at. And it, it has an equation that works with our body at that latitude. And so when you start to take foods from different latitudes, like from like closer to, say, the equator, people who aren't from there, there's a totally different, um, like, so he basically talks about food as being electrical energy as opposed to being just nutrients, vitamin A, blah, blah, blah. And that's what it comes down to, that, elect, you know, our, our, our capacity is as electrical beings to reduce and oxidize. And he talks about that, the idea that if we're, if we're taking, you know, a burger that's got food from, 30 different origins maybe, or maybe more, it's a, and, and our body's just confused by that from an electrical capacity, it makes so much sense, and it, like, I know I'm silly about this already, so when I get like food that I'm, there's a little bit of story about, I get like hairs in the back of my neck, but I do believe that there's a certain amount that you can give to somebody totally blind that's going to give them, and you know, this guy's, it's science, he's not talking totally wacky, like it's, yeah. it sounds like voodoo, but it's real, yeah. but um, I, I think there's a lot in that. I, I think so, yeah. And your body tells you that. Exactly. Mm, yeah. If yeah, it makes you come back for it. If you're like your tasting, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You, you taste something and your body instantly says, yes, give me more of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like any sort of fresh veg we get from like yourself or yeah. um, Jenny McNally. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. always like... Even from our garden. It's so easy <laughs> yeah. to do yeah. stuff with it because yeah. it just is so good already. Yeah. Isn't it? And your body wants more of it. And, and it, you do less with it, it. Like instinctively, yeah. don't yes. you? You, kind of like, yeah. you, you just want to honour that like thing and yeah. make that the, yeah. the central part of the yeah. thing without having to make a million sauces. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we haven't talked about pastry. No, I know. I, <laughs> I, like pastry, I just want to yeah. talk about pastry yeah. a little bit. Sorry, you're really busy as well. You so. need to get these guys moving, don't you? I do, yeah, but I can do <laughs> no, you, you can start. You can, can start. Can we you don't mind? No, no, totally. no. We'll you give you a little bit of the mic over that side of the room. You can holler across the table. That one will, so that one will, yeah. Maybe switch on. Oh no, we won't actually know that it's, it's battery of a dead so. uh, That's a bit small. <laughs> yeah, it'll do, right? Okay. <laughs> Leave it on the scales. I hope you don't mind if it gets dust. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you can see this. Cool. And so, yeah. yeah, let's just talk about pastry. You can like call you and talk yeah. about pastry, exactly. <laughs> Talk about the pastries. Your cruffins specifically. Like, they are cracking. Like, yeah. like mm. I think with the cruffins, it's because they change every week and I very rarely repeat, repeat flavors. So Can you tell people what a cruffin is in case they do How would you describe it? It's like a hybrid croissant muffin. So it's croissant dough that. It's something we, we saw in California when we lived there, and I thought it was really interesting to take something that was a traditional product and kind of interpret, like, not like manipulate it, but just like, bring it on a bit. Just yeah. bring it on a bit, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's croissant dough that we bake in a really deep muffin tray, okay. um, and when it cools, I hollow out the center, and each week they get like, lovely fillings so it could be jam and custards or um, compotes different flavour combinations that myself and Shane love so what are um, you doing this weekend? so we one of the cruffins we're doing is um, we got lovely apples from a regular customer of ours who she has so many she 
she doesn't know what to do with them. Um, so I'm going to do um, a burnt apple puree and hazelnut praline custard. Oh, stop. So I think it's. I think that's why people kind of enjoy coming back for them because they're like, oh, what flavors are you going to have this week? Yeah. Um, and it kind of stemmed from us starting out at Elmhurst. And yeah. they had um, last summer a bounty of loads of different berries and kind of just stemmed from that. Um, and wanting it to kind of interchange and be fun and enjoyable. Because yeah, yeah. um, I had always like as a pastry chef kept a little notebook or like a list in my phone if yeah. we went for a meal and there was a dessert I really loved I was like oh that flavour combination Bing, really yeah. really worked and I'd like write it down or it's take like disappear from your head as well, I'd it? take like mental note of it and yeah, I've just always always done it um, and there was a lot of different things in California where, where I was working in San Francisco they just it seemed like when I first started working there I was like these flavours just seem a bit bonkers but they just it was just amazing. Give us, some, give us something fun and bonkers that you tried. Like coffee, coconut, yuzu was the, like this yuzu. one. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and I was like, I just would never think of putting citrus with coffee. Oh, yeah. and, and yet it's got citrusy notes. And when yeah, it went yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was delicious. Or like pairing teas like um, Earl Grey and chocolate and raspberry. I would never think of using tea in in baking or in pastry so nice. um, that's yeah, something that's like a big yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a bit of a bugbear for you it's not like what, what? <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> <laughs> I can't sorry you but I love it I love it here's my problem when we go when you go to like any cafe or restaurant or whatever and then you ask for herbal teas which like you suppose that you can't have coffee they just go like what's your what's your herbal tea list and invariably it's like Earl Grey. Uh, you know, <laughs> raspberry and Earl Grey. And I'm like, I just sit there just trying to swallow it. She actually like, sees. I'm like, Earl Grey. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a black tea. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just got some bergamot in it. How come that's on the Earl tea? I know, I know. It's so much. It was, it's so predictable. It's there, cause I, I, I mean, I'd notice it, but I don't think it ever been quite so wound up. Like, but so the first place we went to, she like probably be like, yeah, that is bullshit, isn't it? And then every place we went after was like, what's her herbal tea list? And I was just like, just wait. Like, it's just like wincing. I'm like judging people's standards. Yeah. Whether they put Earl Grey on their herbal tea list. Yeah. Just the <laughs> it is delicious though. And people do use it a lot in baking. Yeah. 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 But I, I hadn't. I had okay. personally. So I was like fascinated by that. Nice. Um, and kind of have taken that inspiration and put it into the cuffins. Or we've yeah. started recently this summer. Is it one? Maybe this summer? Or Which one? doing the danishes so we've started doing seasonal danishes as well mm, um, I think maybe it was spring just because we have more space here that we and we've now established a weekly market stall so yeah people just were we trialed them one week and people were like really into it and like really liked the idea so okay. we just expanded our market menu and it's an also another way for myself and Shane to like play around and do do what we can with what's in season. That's um, right. Yeah, that's what's yeah. Because this obviously the bread has to be a bit more like right. ready. Yeah. You can't mess with what's in it. Yeah. Much, yeah. So that's great. Um, that's great. Nice. Like we were this week we're doing um, toasted almond French pan and black blackberry. Blackberry is really oh, nice at the moment. Yeah. But we'll probably switch to in the next coming weeks to plums and damsons and apples nice. and pears. 
Have you done many kind of savory combinations, like the cheeses, like Irish cheeses or anything? Yeah, Shane, Shane, Shane does the savory dishes. Um, yeah. Charlotte lets me do the savory. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a real division of labor here. Um, we do a uh, Gubin ham and cheese croissant. Oh yeah. my god! So we use single Ferguson's Gubin cheese and his hot smoked ham. Wow. Um, with like a really strong um, Dijon mustard bechamel. Um, and they're like one of the most popular things on the market. So nice. Nice. Um, um, yeah. But then, you, you know, we talk about like courgettes being like, yeah. I, when I'm baking, I do a lot of like cake, courgette cakes and courgette yeah. breads and stuff. I love that. Do you ever do that here? Um, that? At the moment, we just do pastries, um, like using croissant dough mm-hmm. as the base. But the like the where myself and Shane see this going is as like a cafe bakery all everything done under one roof mm. um and we would 100 percent do an, a more extensive um cake offering because i'm i'm a cake fiend like i made banana bread yesterday and i ate half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love so yeah nice. anytime there's cake shane is constantly like what do you put on your banana bread do you put anything on just hot butter I put butter or creme fraiche or yogurt okay. or peanut butter. Mm, yeah, I was just going to say peanut butter. And what, what, whatever's going. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, you've answered our next question in terms of what's for the future. That's good. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. That's this can't wait. And like it, so if people haven't found you before and they're listening going, my God, that sounds so delicious. Yeah. They can obviously come to Hot Sack. Do you sell the pastries as well or just, just no, the bread? No, just do the bread. <laughs> you need to talk pastries. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. I'd be giving you the runaround just as before. Yeah, uh, really? Well, I'll, I'll start trying now, then we might have it in a year and a half, yeah? Um, <laughs> we are like, we started the business all with our own money, and, and we have grown very organically and slowly. Yeah. And like, we have had to say no to a lot of people, like, yeah. And it's partially for you know, our own work days already. Headspace very long mm. and it's partially because we need to save up money to get the bigger equipment mm-hmm. to upscale mm-hmm. scale yeah yeah get there we're getting there I'm surprised it took you that long to get it in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that my first turn? I think so oh, how did you seriously? come up with it? Uh, so I think um, it started <laughs> when we were living in San Francisco and we were playing around with loads of different ideas and Jeez, Shane had a really, really cheesy one that, um, what was it, on, on scale Boulin, which is like the oh. loaf story. <laughs> oh. like, straight away, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No way. <laughs> so we, I don't know how, it took a lot, it took a long time, just constantly like, just script. whipped that one away. Yeah. Just Oh, yeah, that works in so many different yeah. levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good. Nice. Keep it. Yeah, really nice. Oh, sorry. You breads are in hop sack. Yeah. And then you have family as well? Family's yeah. um, proper order as well? Yeah, so family, they get um, every, every week we do a market loaf. Uh, it interchanges every week. And family and proper order get our market loaves. Family is Thursday and Fridays, and, and proper order is just Fridays. Um, and then the family also gets pastries uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, along with proper order. But the the main place to come find us is at Pender's Yard Farmers Market okay. on Manor Street. Mm. Um, oh. When did you, you started that? When did you start in Pender's? So was it November of last year? Okay, it was yeah, just yeah. before Christmas. Um, Don't do guns, though. 
and it's turned into like a fantastic market for us. We absolutely love it. I've never been there. I've heard great things. Um, yeah. It's um, a lot of locals come down um, yeah. and are like waiting at ten o'clock for us. It's, it's just good. it's just really nice. They like that they've included us into their Saturday morning routine. Yeah, um, that's actually a real treat, isn't so it? To be like, yeah. you're getting a hug from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, uh, people get excited, don't they? They look forward to that part of their week. Right? Yeah, mm. they'll, they'll usually come down, um, get some bread, get some pastries, and maybe go buy the papers, get set up for the weekend. So, yeah. um, that is a nice rhythm to your weekend. It really yeah. is a nice Scale rhythm. bread and Saturday papers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, like, are we going to be getting pastries before we go to electric pastries or something? I think we might have to. I think we have we might to. might have to and show it off in the stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a treat. Yeah. yeah um, then hopefully when the flea, the Dublin flea gets back up and running, the people will be able to find us there um, cool. on the last Sunday of the month. Brilliant. We'll be there for the Christmas flea as well. Oh yes, Christmas yeah. flea. Hope. Yeah, the coming soon. be great. For Christmas prep already. We're like in the back wow. of our minds. We're like Christmas. Wow. Yeah, isn't it mad Christmas stuff? I mean, like, it's a nice season. It's nice to you know, for people to kind of get a bit rested about it. And it's like, what's nice is the flea, it comes close to Christmas. Yeah. You know, people are actually shopping at Christmas time yeah, for Christmas yeah. things as opposed to, like, I mean, I'm so, what are we at the end of August? There's going to be Christmas shopping opening, like, this month. Yeah. The, like, uh, Brent Tom's Christmas shop, they go up in September. So, like, it's just, come on. Like, anyway, there you go. That's yeah. life. That's retail. Yay. <laughs> love it. Red coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, All right. So, time. we'll let you go okay. because it's so much Yeah, you got a lot to do. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for including us in your day and oh, no being here and being a part of it, the whole thing. It's just too exciting. It's true. Yeah, yeah thank it you. really is. Great. And thank you guys very much for watching. Um, as you know, you can find us on <laughs> iTunes and YouTube and Spotify now as well. And come and follow our stories on Instagram, um, where you'll hear more and more about what's coming up next. And uh, what's Shane pausing for? Because he doesn't want to bang the. I don't bang the thing. That's it, Grant. That's what's going to get for you. Bye. <laughs> Oh. for these guys or if you have flavors that you would like to see on their Ooh, list oh yeah, yeah that's a really good idea yeah. have like, like a vote like a vote for the best new flavor yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a really good idea then comment is. below here yeah. or get in touch with us on Instagram you'll find a picture of these guys you can put a comment on there and yeah we'll see what happens Deadly. Deadly. thanks for watching guys thanks for watching come on Shane get in get in there you go <laughs>
Excuse my language. Oh, Backs flip. against the wall. Okay. Slide down. So your bum needs to be parallel to your knees. There okay, we go. there nice. we go. So Finn, yeah. whilst we're in this wall squat, oh I God. think I will challenge you to finding some interesting things to say about the letters of Newzest. So tell us some facts about Newzest, beginning with N. N is for? N is for, hmm, N is for not the protein you'd imagined. Whey protein is the obvious one, but uh, this one is a European golden pea. U. U is for ugly, not us. We are all, <laughs> we're based on the beauty of, uh, of vegan protein. And ugly is, is animal uh, agriculture that's intensive and types of rearing. And this is not an ugly product. This, this is, is really a product that is like right? clean inside and out. Uh, Z. Z's an evil one, eh? Uh, Z is for mm, all the zeal you can muster out of a day. Newzest has got like a squillion health ambassadors, top tennis players, top rugby players. Oh, Finn slipping. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got, they've got like all the New Zealand rugby team on it, like Mananu and all these sorts of amazing guys. And that is because it makes you perform. It's not because they're paid by it. They literally don't get paid anything by Newzest. No, that's super cool, isn't it? Mm. E. E is for goddamn ethics. Ethics. Ethics in a company. So um, when Newsest approached Dr. Robert Verkirk of the Alliance for Natural Health uh, three years ago to produce a, 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 a multivitamin, he said, no, because you'll make me compromise on my ethics, you'll make me compromise on my standards. Mm -hmm. And so they said, uh, okay, well, what if we don't make you compromise? He said, like, okay, well, give it a shot. And so he gave it one shot and they have a product called Good Green Stuff, which is what Robert Verkirk says is the ultimate in terms of nutritional everyday needs for 99% of, of all the audience. Go on. S. S. S is for sweating. Uh, if you're a fan of sweating, then use this helps your muscles recover big time. So you've got leucine, arginine, valine, isoleucine, all the ones that are really key amino acids for growth hormone. T. T is for teetering on the brink of failure. <laughs> But yet, luckily, we took our news lessons and we're just about... We're just going to make it through. Yay! Yay, we Let's made see. it. Oh, like, we haven't, we haven't failed yet. No. How much longer do you reckon you've got? I'm kind of, I'm reaching, we're shaking. I'm reaching, shaking as well. I'm yeah. like, where is it hurting most? Uh, quads. Yeah, but where are the quads? The front of them? The uh, middle of them? Yeah, did it. Oh, burning more than shaking, though. So bad. <sighs> um, so, we probably finished. Okay. <laughs> One of us so has to fail. Remember our, our code. Holy oh. holy. Remember our code. Wellness 15. Wellness 15. Use us on code at UK. Go! Best of luck! Ah! <laughs> I win! Yay! <laughs>